Welcome to the One Church Home podcast. This podcast is directly tied to our weekly teachings. If OCH isn't your home church, we encourage you to get plugged into your local body. We pray the sermon blesses you as we press into the Word of God together. Ah, this is going to be tough, sitting and trying to preach. We've got something coming here in a minute, but I've been a... Usually I live, my brain lives about a year down the road. It's probably not healthy, but it's just the way my brain works. I'm just thinking forward all the time. In the last week, I have felt myself, maybe because Amanda's been gone, I don't know, but she's back, it's all good. I found myself looking back. I found myself thinking back and, and thinking about history, thinking about God's faithfulness and what he's done and what he's brought us through and and where we are now. And it is just, I'm all in the feels today. So forgive me if I don't sound sharp. Maybe I'm not ever sharp. I just think I am. But if I'm a little all over the place, it's because today's a special day. And you'll find out why here in a minute. But six months ago to the day, We sat on this stage and we had a conversation about the vision for the church. We talked about uh, all the things the church had done the year prior and looking forward and and began using this language about building the church and, and said very clearly that this was not just about a facility, while it certainly includes a facility, but this year we feel like God has has put on us to to grow up the church, to mature the church, to to, to build the body of Christ. It's it's important and necessary for us to take a minute today and kind of we're pausing the Ephesians series and today's gonna be kind of its own special day, kind of an update to Vision Sunday, six months into the year. But I wanna remind us of something. Psalm 127, one and two says this, unless the Lord builds the house, They labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. Listen to this. It is in vain that you rise up early to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. You see, church, it's important as we talk about building the church that, that we remind ourselves something, that it's not us, but we are just simply embracing the fact that God is building his church here. That, that our endeavors and our efforts, we've never, you know, this is, this is something that Pastor Steve will be up here in a minute. He said for years, and I always went, that's crazy. And now that I'm sitting where I'm sitting, I go, I get it. Like, we don't have some massive strategic plan for growth. We don't have some, some huge strategy for how to, deal with what God's doing here. We simply want to be faithful to do the next thing God says to do. And and we're okay with that. Now, does that mean we don't plan? We don't make preparations? We don't, don't do things well? Absolutely not. But we hold our plans loosely and we trust God's plan absolutely. And so when we start to, to talk about building the church, we're We mean, what I mean is that we want to agree with what God is doing and we want to to build the church God is building here. Is anybody on board for that? I keep losing our 
our cups, and so they're really expensive, so they just got me water bottles now. <laughs> they disappear in the abyss. <clears throat> How we have, have set out to build the church this year has been, you know, when you look back, it, it seems like we had a really good plan in place. We go, wow, this is really good. This, this works. But, but going into it, again, just wanting to take the next faithful step, the next obedience step. God, what are you doing and how can we agree with you? How can we get in line with what you're, you're doing here? This year, we have worked diligently as an elder board to build the governance of the church. We've spent time and time, and y'all just, Pray for the elders of the church. They're going to come up here, here in a little bit. But, but the elders of this church have worked tirelessly. And for some crazy reason, they don't want to meet at night. They meet at 7 a.m. in the morning, and it kills me. <laughs> we serve the church. So we've built new bylaws this year, clarifying the governance of the church to make sure we stay on track and accountable. And that ultimately, that we are not stunting the growth, right? Because how many people know as, we, as God's growing the church, as he's building the church, we can let our, 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 our stuff get in the way. And so we want to make sure that the governance of our body is clear so it doesn't stop or hinder what God is doing to grow the church. As, as a church staff, we've worked hard to build a, uh, and cultivate a staff life and a staff structure and, and we've grown our staff in a tremendous way. But we've done that to, to make sure that the staff is in line with, with one church home's calling and vision and that they're called to be here, right? Like it's, it's so important to remember in church life, you need to be called to serve in the body of Christ because how many people know it's not easy to be on staff at a church? Amen. Like four of you know. <laughs> so you gotta be called. We've developed strategy. We've said, hey, we've been working with this, this group that comes in and helps churches kind of get out of their own way. They help us realize they, uh, a couple weeks ago, they did a blind audit. And while we thought we were really good at some stuff, they went, you're really bad at like, you know, greeting people in the parking lot. You got to like, hey, you know, get people out there. And we went, what? We didn't see that. So they're helping us see things, understanding things. Why? Because we want to make sure that we're maximizing our efforts, that we're not, that we're not doubling anywhere. We don't need to be, that we've, we've been working with Focus 412 to clarify strategy, to define our, our mission, to set our values so we don't lose sight of who we are in the process. Because listen, whether we like it or not, as we grow, as we build the church, it's important to maintain what makes us uniquely us. It's important to... to to, to maintain your heart in the process. So we've been working on that as well. And then obviously there's this little 32,000 square foot building up the road that we've been putting together. And I'd like to honor, is David Poole in the room right now? Where's David Poole at? David Poole, give it up for David Poole. This guy is, is working tirelessly to make sure I don't mess this thing up. So... He's using the gifts God has given him and built in him over the years to be a, a, a huge resource to the body of Christ here at One Church Home and make sure those guys that are working on that project stay on task, stay uh, on pace, and get this thing done so we can move in this fall. Amen, somebody? So we're fired up about that. 
<clears throat> so that leads us to this next piece of, of building the church, of agreeing with that which we see God doing and speaking and, 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 and wanting to see. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Pastor Steve, would you join me on stage as we talk a little bit? We all welcome Pastor Steve to the stage. So we have, uh, before we kind of, I share where we're headed, I thought it'd be fitting for us to have a conversation about Paul and Timothy. Am I too far back here? Well, I think I could lean back. You've given me permission. Um, That's good. I don't know what to do. You were looking a little uptight. Well, I I am. (laughs) I feel like we're taking the discipleship thing to the next level today, even the way we dressed. (laughs) I walked in and went, this is going to get weird, but I like it. (sighs) You're helping me loosen up. Exactly. He helps me. No, but I want to talk about Paul and Timothy because I think that that really is the the foundation of discipleship, the foundation of relationship that really is pastor and pastor, right? I, uh, as we've talked about kind of where we're headed and and what's next, you know, I I always hesitate to put yourself in the shoes of a Bible character completely because I don't want to think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'll be Timothy here, you be Paul, we got those big shoes to fill. But I think the reality is, is that is a picture of the relationship that we've had. And, and, and as we've talked about this, there really is three phases to the Paul and Timothy relationship that we've identified. The first one being that Paul saw Timothy, or really Timothy saw Paul as a spiritual father. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, well, of course, the Apostle Paul was responsible for Timothy's salvation. He led him to Christ and, and then um, discipled him and encouraged him and gave him opportunity and all that. And so there's no question that Timothy uh, not only saw Paul that way, but publicly recognized right? yeah. and, and honored and served Paul that way. So, yeah, they were, they were very close, rightfully so. Absolutely. Well, and uh, repeatedly, so First Timothy 1-2 says to Timothy, a true son in the face. It, but I mean, you can read any of the, any part of Timothy, you're going to see that language used. He just, they constantly, that was the, the foundation of that relationship. I, I don't know, it's important for me that you guys know that I'm constantly calling Pastor Steve to come and preach here, come and teach here, come and be a part of what God's doing here, asking his opinion on things because he, he is a spiritual father to me. That our relationship started with him preaching a message and me responding at the altar, that I got saved, I said yes to Jesus on the call of response from a message Pastor Steve spoke years and years ago. And uh, that's really how our relationship started. I don't even know if you remember our relationship back then, but... Well... (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's move on. I'm just saying, if I don't remember, there wasn't much of a relationship yeah. <laughs> there. Well, it, it, it really did start for me. A lot of our, our relationship started with me just watching you. Yeah. Right? And observing and, and, and seeing and kind of having a, a model. Of like, okay, that's what a, a Christian man looks like. That's what a Christian leader looks like. Far before, I think, I would have even said I was called into the ministry. Yeah. Which kind of leads to the, the second phase that, that Paul and Timothy's second part of, of their relationship was one of a sender mm-hmm. or a mentor. Mm-hmm. 
So, so all of a sudden, he's very clear. Man, now I know you're in ministry. You're, you're called to this. And so they start cultivating this relationship. I, I see in 1 Timothy 1, 3, and 4, it says, as I urged you, when I went, as I, see, I told you, I'm all over the place. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach not other doctrine nor give heed to fables or endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. I want to draw your attention to that very beginning part that he says, hey, I'm going to go here, you go here. There's all of a sudden a sending of, of ministry and, 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 and a call to, to do it and speak on his behalf yeah. sort of thing. Can you speak to that a little bit? Well, I think it's, um, it's a beautiful thing and, and really it's an opportunity for me to honor you as well because um, Paul's not going to send Timothy if Timothy isn't worthy of being sent. And so Paul saw something in Timothy where he said, I can trust this kid and he's going to do a great job and let's continue our relationship, but I'm going to have him be in Ephesus. I mean, yeah. We're studying Ephesians right now on Sunday morning here, yeah. but um, knowing that Timothy becomes the bishop of Ephesus and Timothy goes and grows through his own transition of of fear and nervousness and excitement and all of that, you know, I mean, Paul has to tell Timothy in, in 2 Timothy um, to uh, not give into the spirit of fear, Yeah. right? There was something in Timothy as a young guy, even though he's friends and the apostle Paul is his father, he's still dealing with his own stuff, Yeah. right? And Paul's got to say, hey, don't give into the spirit of fear. That, that's not from God. And here, Timothy, here's what God has for you. Power, love, and a sound mind. So right? So here he is encouraging him uh, as he sent him. He's still telling him. And his, Paul's final letter, yeah. his final communication is to Timothy. Good. Right? Not just 2 Timothy, but it's to Timothy. Yeah. Right? And so um, there's obviously a great deal of, of not just fathering, but mentoring and the sending process and the maturing process. Paul's in it with him the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. And that, that to me is such a picture of, I mean, I don't even know it that I've ever quantified it, but that's also something that I've, we've experienced that, that we went from being a, a spiritual father that didn't stop, but it also, it transitioned into, um, being a sender. Yeah. I don't know that anybody realizes this. Like this, this was your idea. <laughs> like yeah. the whole idea of like go to Fairview and start a church. It was that was a Pastor Steve bring me in his office and go, hey, we're planting a church in Fairview. I'm living in Franklin. I'm pastoring the you know a huge youth ministry there, and and I go, cool idea. Who's going? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be you, big guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But, yeah. but, but really, and, and one of the great honors of my life to be asked to do that and, yeah. and, and had no idea that wasn't, that wasn't something we had started. It's just doing the next thing God right. had called us to do. Well, again, the, the, I feel like the honor is mine because when you, when you pour yourself into somebody and you give opportunity and you see them being faithful and you see them being productive, uh, as I watched your life, um, it became obvious with the fruit that was coming from Fairview, driving into Leaper's Fork and all that, that God was doing something. And so it made total sense 
to, to not only send you, but to trust you with what God was wanting to do in this part of the county. And so far, it's turned out pretty good. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, I think it's so important and really a, a hallmark of, of, of relationship, but this threshold of kind of empowering and sending that, that Paul has been giving instructions to Timothy about how to lead the church. And, and this, this phase is really, again, these aren't just perfectly, it's not like there's a start time and a stop for each one of these. I think they all build on each other really, but I want you to listen to this. And to Timothy, the, the scripture that Pastor Steve was just referring to, but he's giving him instructions about how to do the thing that he's empowered him and sent him to do. He stayed involved. And, and that's what, so it says in 2 Timothy uh, 3, 10 and, uh, through 17, it says, but you've carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life and purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions and afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and in Lystra. What, what persecutions I endured, and out of them the Lord delivered me. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You can hear this mentoring conversation. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you've learned and be assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by God and profitable for doctrine, reproof and correction, instruction for righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, that's like, I, I hear that. And, and, and I don't say this, this is not about flattery. This is, you know, these are conversations that I have with Steve Berger on the phone all the time. Yeah. Steve, I'm going through this. What do I do here? How do you do this? How do we navigate that? Like that is, that's who, that's our relationship. And constantly it's really simple stuff like go pray. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Yeah. And that's served me well. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to be complicated, yeah. right? If we point people to Jesus, it doesn't matter what's going on in their life. We point people to Jesus. We're pointing them in the right direction. And the Jesus that I know and believe in is the Jesus that is more than able uh, to accomplish anything that concerns us. And so um, it, it takes the pressure off, right, of having to be everybody's Messiah if we can just push people toward Jesus and say, get into the word, get into his presence, seek his face, and watch him come through for you. Come on. It's that easy. Yeah. And I love that that message hasn't changed in the almost 20 years that I've known you. Yeah that I remember meeting with Pastor Steve early on and, you know, get saved, had the idea of being a pastor maybe someday. And I remember getting some time with him and I sat down in his office and I was probably a little, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And I remember sitting there going, what's the thing? Like, how do you do this? And he just said what he told me almost, you know, I guess it was 15 years ago that you better have the most precious devotion to God. You better guard your time with him, stay in his word, and he'll be faithful to you. So um, God bless you for that. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> so 
there's then this really interesting, again, phase might not even be the right way to say it. There's this third observation of their relationship where they, it started as being a spiritual father. It moved into being a sender, mm-hmm. a mentor. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Paul starts using crazy language in like Romans chapter 16, verse 21. Yeah. He says, Timothy, my fellow worker. Yeah. Some translations say, my partner. Mm-hmm. That's a whole new world we're stepping into, isn't it? Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> so I, uh, people always ask me, Ian, what, what's up with Steve? What's, how, what, how's Steve fit here? What's the deal? Steve is a, a church planter. He's a, I don't even, I mean, you do all kinds of stuff. You're going all over the world. He's saving people. He's faithful to Jesus. He's been a, a, a spiritual father to this body, to me. He's been a sender and a mentor to me in this church. And it just doesn't make any sense to have you coming in and out of the church and not clarify some things in the days we're headed to. So, I came to Steve with an idea, I don't know, a few months ago. We've been really about a year we've been talking about what's next. What's what's this going to look like? I have have been a, uh, we've walked through all kinds of things together. And I came, we finally came up, I came up to him and I said, I got an idea. Try it on. I want you to be the pastor emeritus of One Church Home. Then I spoke to the elders about it. And the elders in unanimous agreement said, it's good with God, it's good with us. It would be an honor to have Steve Berger be the pastor emeritus of One Church Home. Went to the executive staff and the staff and across the board. It is our honor to extend that opportunity to Pastor Steve Berger because you have been, you are, and we know you'll continue to be both a spiritual father, a sender, a mentor, and a partner in ministry here. Yeah. Amen. And so we're blessed. Amen. Now, you said... <laughs> I said that sounds a lot easier than me starting a brand new church in Franklin, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> So he said yes. <laughs> and, you know, what is that, right? Like, that's, that's what's important to know. Pastor Emeritus, like, I didn't know how, what Sounds pretty you. highfalutin for it's a guy a, like yeah, me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it really was important to me that we, we get that part right. Because what, what is it 
and, and then what it's not, you know. So what Pastor Steve wants is anytime you have an issue with anything, email him, right? Like that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. My, so. my, my email address is Elise <laughs> at Steveburger. <laughs> she just ran out of She's back. right here up front next to Sarah and Shields. <laughs> no, so, so what is Pastor Maris? What does that mean? And, and, and listen, a lot of places it means a lot of different things. So we need to clarify what it means here. Yeah. Right? So sometimes that's given to a retired pastor, the pastor that's moving on, and, and kind of to make room for... For the, for the up-and-comer. And, and in this situation, I don't think we mean it that way. No. This isn't retirement. This is actually no. bringing you back into something. Okay. And uh, I'm roping him back in to do more uh, here at the church. And so... It's uh, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're excited for that. It's not about retiring. It's about refiring. Come on. Where do you come up with this stuff? <laughs> so... So what it means here is essentially what the word means, emeritus. It means without duties, daily duties, but with honor. Because of what you've done, because of what you've invested, because of who you have been and what you have done, the title just makes sense. Essentially what it is is formalizing the fact that Pastor Steve is going to be a teaching pastor here at One Church Home that he's going to continue to preach the word of God to help lead us, to help give us vision, to help be there for me to go, hey, what do I do as this happens? And just go, hey, that makes a lot of sense uh, to, to have that there. So on Sunday mornings, how this is, how you're going to experience this is on Sunday mornings, you're, you're going to continue to see Pastor Steve every, every month or so in the pulpit. And then we've got this little thing brewing. We won't say fall. When the building opens. Right. Where, listen, Y'all, in the days we're living, we don't need we don't need less church. Yeah, we don't need less engagement. We don't need more convenience. We don't need more whatever. We need to get into God's word and let the body of Christ gather together. We need to feast on the word of God, worship with passion, pray with fervor, and get involved in the body of Christ. Yeah. And so we're not going to do less. We're going to do more. And we want to start a a midweek, full-blown church service. We don't have all the details, but we know it's going to be big. And it's my honor to have Pastor Steve Berger at the helm of that. He will be leading the midweek uh, teaching team on that, and I am couldn't be more honored and thrilled to have him and his voice be a consistent place here at One Church Home. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's a very exciting thing. I've uh, I've adjusted, and we'll talk about um, ASI here in just a second. Be great, but um, being able to adjust my work in Washington D.C. in order to be in the pulpit uh, nearly every week for midweek service, and so I'm wanting to be a compliment to what our pastor um, is doing on Sunday morning. We'll be able to have uh, some really really great encounters as well. Uh, during the week, and um, we're figuring out exactly what day that's going to be, but um, we're wanting to have something during the middle of the week that might look a little different um, um, in terms of time frame and space and allowing the Spirit of God without constraints of the next service coming Mm -hmm. in, etc., but uh, to get back to 
uh, spending time in prayer and intercession, preaching and teaching, uh, addressing tough issues, and, uh, and just going for it with everything we've got. We are living in a day, friends, where uh, not just um, you know, needing more church, not less, but we're needing to hear from God at a time personally and corporately, nationally, uh, than ever before. I get concerned. I don't know that the church realizes exactly uh, what's happening uh, in the church, in the nation, and in the nation, in the nation. Mm. And um, so being able to speak with a biblical worldview to what's happening uh, in the church and in the world and how it applies to Scripture and to strengthen the saints. That's right. To strengthen the people of God for what's coming in the future. Uh, we have to do that. You know, when things are easy, and I, I've been reading this great book on the difference between peacetime and wartime leaders. You know, when, the, when you're a peacetime leader, things can get a little looser, a little lighter, a little happier, a little easier. Uh, but a wartime leader understands what's happening in the moment, and he has to function on a different level. And I would say to the church, church, we're not in peacetime right now at all yeah. uh, for the life of this nation and for the life of the church in this nation. We're, we're not in a peacetime. If you don't realize that yet, then we've got our work to do because there is a battle raging for the soul of this church, for the soul of the people of God and for the soul of this country. And we've got to be able to hear from God's That's word. Right. We've got to be able to address the issues. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, at the risk of, uh, well, there's just no room for skinny jeans, smoke machines, and big screens without the anointing of God present. That's right. Glad I didn't wear my skinny jeans today. Yeah. <laughs> A part of our discipleship that hasn't worked yet. <laughs> Can't win them all. So, so what it is is we get to we get the blessing. The church receives the blessing to go, man. We get to continue to, and even in more yeah. uh, ways, benefit right. from your years of faithfulness. You and Sarah's years of faithfulness, yeah. leading and serving the church, and we're blessed and honored. What the the benefit of this is is, is Steve's not going to be. You know, it's not like he's going to be in the offices every day and have you know. Talk a little bit about, you're doing a big work. This is adding to an already yeah. big kingdom work. Talk yeah. a little bit about ASI and, if, and how. If there wasn't the flexibility yeah. to not have office hours and not do counseling and not do all that stuff, if if our dear friend Dr. Rutland says, you know, if you'll just allow me to show up and blow up, <laughs> um, um, then I can continue to do right. uh, what I do in other places. And so uh, the work at ASI that we do, uh, Ambassador Services International continues to grow in number and in influence in Washington, D.C., and uh, we're very, very excited about that. I don't want any of our ASI supporters here to be thinking, well, Steve, are you going to back off from ASI? Not at all. In fact, we're at a time in ASI where we are going and growing forward in uh, ways that I'll be able to talk to you about sometime here in the near future. But uh, my predominant calling um, is to ASI to do what I'm doing there, but it affords me the ability to also to continue to do, but with a more public face, 
the work that I'm doing here as well. So That's right. um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity, I think, for everybody, Big right? Time. Which is a, it's a good thing when it's a win-win situation. Absolutely. If we can get some wins in Washington, if we can get some wins in Fairview, uh, then we're going to be much better off as the people of God. I want to say just on a personal note here real quick, too, that um, there's some kind of stigma that I've seen that has attached itself to men of God who have, have entered into the space of wanting to speak gospel truth to government leaders. There's this thing that's said like, oh, you know, uh, Steve has become political now or so-and-so has become political now. And I want to tell people with all humility and, and kindness, right, this isn't about becoming political. This is actually about becoming more biblical and more scriptural than ever. That's right. Because when the church and the, and the men of God leading the church um, relented from, from continuing to influence government leaders, we ended up with what we've got now. That's right. That's, that's, the, that's the problem that's happened. And so... Our commitment is to the kingdom of God first and foremost. There's not even a close second. Jesus is the answer for the church and for the nation. Jesus is the answer, period. I'm not looking to get a particular person or a particular party reelected all the time with illusions that that's going to save our country. No, 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 no. Jesus is going to save our country. In fact, I'll say, if the United States doesn't listen to me now, if the United States of America doesn't see radical revival and awakening, in the next 40 years, you can mark it down that I said this, of course, I'll be gone. The end of the United States as we know it, it might not take 40 years. If we don't have revival, reviving the church and awakening, awakening of the lost, if we don't see a dramatic revival and awakening in the next 40 years, the America that most of us grew up with and loved and are fighting for now will be a distant memory. It will be a distant memory. We will see things happening in this country that we can't even imagine, like even more than we can't even imagine right now. And so there is a fire and a passion in my heart to be able to speak to people in political circles, to speak to people in church circles, and to de declare boldly Thus saith the Lord. That's right. We better turn this thing around or else. That's good. Come on. <clears throat> we could go on and on about the political biblical thing, but it's yeah. that's we just have to be done with that. Yeah. Like that's just over. Saying things are, are political. You gotta go, yo, open your eyes and look at what's happening. And like this, this is all spiritual, right? And so we need to expose that lie in the church, and then we need to get ready to, to fight for it because it's worth fighting You know, for. God the Father, and then we'll move on. Come on. God the Father clearly didn't get the note yeah. that there needs to be separation of church and state. He missed it. Because he said of his only begotten son that the government shall rest upon Jesus' shoulders. Far be it from the church to yank it off of there, right? Continue. All right. <laughs> so, um, 
this was so important today to give a moment and, and clarify, to cast vision for where we're headed, that, man, we've got, the, the fight is before us. Yeah. The church is, God is not up in heaven going, oh, my God, what am I going to do with the church? It, because we just want to continue to do and honor the things God has called us to do and be faithful right. towards. That's right. And this is another step in that direction to, to solidify and, and, and formalize the relationship we have. And we are honored to have you. We are excited and blessed. And uh, is anybody else excited for the future of One Church Home? So that being said, we need to wrap up for time. But I'm going to invite Yeah. I'm going to invite the pastors and elders of the church to come up here. I'm also going to ask Sarah and Amanda, if you guys will come up here. Um, we're going to pray a commissioning prayer. You yeah. guys haven't stopped being kingdom influencers and impactors. No. But it's you're stepping back into the church in a yeah. way. And so uh, I'm inviting the elders and pastors. Let's, let's gather around. Sarah, you come over here. Sarah's going to be continuing to be a voice of leadership and support and uh, help for our women's uh, ministry and team, and I love y'all. Yeah, let me say it the, the easiest way I know how to say it. Come on, uh, Sarah and I are all in for one church home. Yeah, we're all in. Everything that I was supposed to be doing at another location, I'm going to do here with all of my heart. And um, um, for our friends that are out there who are disgruntled and are s still flailing from what happened, uh, I want to give a personal invitation. Come join us at One Church Home uh, because this place is about to go into the stratosphere for the kingdom of God. Come and join us. Would you extend a hand as we pray over our new pastor emeritus? Father, we love you. And Lord, we're grateful. We're eternally grateful for the way you've called each of us to come home. And Lord, today, it just feels so whew, to stand here and commission the burgers to bless them and to welcome them home. God, we pray that you, would, that you would fill their hearts, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that you would continue to protect them in the ways that they Go and stand for truth, both nationally and abroad, but also here locally in the body of Christ. As they take a step of faithfulness back into the church, would you honor it? Would you bless it? Would you pour your spirit out on it in such a way that they would know without a shadow of a doubt that they've made the right decision? And that we as the body, that we would support them and love them and pray for them and, and honor them and bless them. That we would be a, a body of Christ around them, that they would know that they are home. So God, bless them and keep them. Make your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance to them as we, the elders and the church, commission them into the work of the ministry here at One Church Home. God, bless them in Jesus' name. Amen, church. Amen, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic week.